Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Nonprofit U, a forum where nonprofit stakeholders can share lessons learned and discuss the latest developments in the industry. My name is Valerie Leonard, your host, and I'm a consultant to nonprofits. I work with community and organizational development. I work with nonprofit organizations to help them make a stronger impact to their clients and communities, and you can find Nonprofit U on Facebook and Twitter. I encourage you to follow us and to comment early and often the Chicago way using the hashtags Nonprofit U, Westside Blues, Barrel House Bonnie, Larry Taylor, or Heritage Tourism. If you'd like, you can use them all. You can join the discussion or leave comments and questions on the Nonprofit U Facebook page. In order for you to post, you must like the page that is the Facebook page. You can also email me questions at consulting at ValerieFleonard.com. And don't forget to sign up for our mailing list. There's a sign-up button in the top right-hand corner of the Nonprofit U Facebook page. We'll be taking questions by phone and from the chat room at about 2.30 p.m. The call-in number is 347-884-8121. If you want to participate in a live chat, you must open an account, and the link to open the account is found on the episode page. Blues fans, performers, and nonprofit and community development professionals are especially encouraged to call in, share your stories, and your strategies. I'll share as many as I can on the air, and if we run out of time, I'll respond sometime after the show. Again, if you have any specific questions, you can email me at consulting at ValerieFLeonard.com. Before we get started, I just wanted to share some of the characteristics of arts and culture districts, and this is as outlined by the Americans for, Americans for the Arts website. And that website is americansforthearts.org. And in order to maximize the potential for heritage tourism, communities should develop a cultural district. And cultural districts are, quote, unique to the character, community, and resources available locally. They have a significant economic impact on cities, attracting businesses, tourists, and local residents to a central part of the city, or it could be a neighborhood. It can help revitalize neighborhoods and increase the quality of life for its residents. Districts can also serve as a vehicle to assist in the support and marketing of local nonprofit cultural organizations, and the cultural districts can serve as a focal point to brand a city's unique cultural identity and embrace its historic significance and the same for the neighborhood. And sometimes these cultural districts have formal boundary lines with specific zoning ordinances and economic tax incentives, and they might have more informal or unofficial boundaries that become a focal marketing point to cluster art organizations. Again, I invite you to call into the show at about the half hour mark. That's 2.30 Central Standard Time. And the call-in number is 347-884-8121. You can all, 
Also leave questions and comments in the chat room, or you can go to the Facebook page and like Nonprofit U and leave comments there. We would love to hear some of your experiences with the blues and ideas for using the blues to drive heritage tourism on Chicago's west side. All perspectives are welcome, including pros and cons. You know, it's important for us to not only consider the good, but consider, you know, some of the negative consequences that could potentially occur. And if we know of those, we can do something in the beginning to prevent them. So that's why I ask for pros and cons. Today's guests are Barrel House Bonnie McEwen and bluesman Larry Taylor. Bonnie McEwen is known on stage as Barrel House Bonnie. She's a blues writer, piano player, producer, and community organizer, and she was based in West Virginia and currently is focused on Chicago and its blues. Bonnie helps people of all age groups express themselves, get along together, and appreciate their history in the Chicago School of Blues, which is a traveling classroom workshop featuring Heritage Chicago blues musicians. And you can find out more at www.chicagoschoolofblues.org. Larry Hill Taylor is the oldest son of the master guitarist Eddie Playboy Taylor, DJ recording artist Jimmy Reed's music partner, the guy who laid down the boogie and bump rhythms that power Chicago's world-famous blues music. Today, Larry is a legend in his own right. He faithfully carries out not only his father's 1950s music traditions, but also a stack of lively R&B and soul tunes from blues in his own West Side neighborhood, I'll say it, North Lawndale, from Howlin' Wolf to Tyrone Davis, to James Brown. So with all that said, I, I want to thank you guys for joining us. But before we get started, Bonnie and Larry, can you tell us a little bit about your background and what drives you to want the blues to grow heritage tourism on Chicago's west side? It doesn't matter who goes first. Um, I'll go first. Uh, this is Bonnie. Hi, everybody. And blues was therapeutic for me when I lost a job in my family business in West Virginia. And mm. I came to Chicago to study the blues. I, I wanted to know more about how to play the blues and more about the culture behind the blues. I also had um, a lot of interest in historic preservation, working with some of the places in West Virginia that developed uh, history um, and attracted new business. And one of the things that happened there was a professor I had in college who appreciated Appalachian old time music in the 60s when most people in West Virginia were trying to be ashamed of their own music because uh, they mm -hmm. supposedly were made to feel like hillbillies and not uh, worthy of cultural tension. And he said, no, no, this music comes from Ireland and Scotland, and there's a story here when it came to America, and you guys are an important part of the story, and you ought to bring it out, uh, show up and show out, he was saying it those days. Mm -hmm. 
Okay. And, Larry, how about you? Um, what makes you want to bring the blues story out to drive heritage tourism? Well, hello, everybody. My name is Larry Jones, Chicago Blues Man, and I want to welcome everyone to the show. But the thing is about me is, is that the music, the blues music itself has always been a part of the uh, of Chicago, you know, particularly because I'm from I'm from West Lundell, you know, right right around 12th Street, and you know, oh, okay. and, and and music and music is always always uh, from the time I can remember from a little boy is always been a big part of and a big perspective of the of the black community, you know, mm-hmm. you know, because music 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 is a the, the music that we stress today has always been a thing about community. It's, it deals with a lot of deals with a lot of social and economical issues that we that we play mm-hmm. in our community today. With you know, mm-hmm. so yeah, so so that's why I just wanted to put that out there for the listeners to know. You know, you know that um, you know I was you know from from Mozart Street, eleven thirty one South Mozart Street. That's where I raised up at. Mm-hmm. And I lived okay. in I lived in a building there on that street, and that's where mostly that's where all the famous musicians used to come. And a lot of people don't even know on that block that that building is a um, musical uh, landmark still today because that building is still there. <laughs> oh, I didn't know that. So, who were some yes. of the people who came through um, that you can remember? Uh, well, well, some of the people, some of the people who came through was like Hollywood, Muddy Waters, Elmer James, wow. Sunnyland Slim, Jimmy Reed. I mean, it was just, it was just so many. It was just so many blues people who who came through, and you know, I was a mentor. These people were my mentors, and they were very close friends to me. To my parents, to my mother and my father. My my mother used to be play hostess for a lot of us and cook and stuff. Particularly like for Holland Wolf, he he loved the greens, so she used to always cook greens for him when he 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 came over. You know, yeah. Wow, now you're yeah. making me hungry now. <laughs> <laughs> Good to hear, you know, your perspective of the blues, and then 
Bonnie, well, can my you pers- share a little bit well, my, my perspective, my perspective of the of the blues is that is that uh, is that I played all over the West Side from 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 Londell through Garfield back to Austin from Roosevelt Road Street all the way back over to Lake Street, and that there used to be mm-hmm. a series of businesses and establishments and clubs where musicians uh, could go and play. I mean, you could you can do that all night, basically on on a weekend, mm-hmm. and some nights through the wow. some through the weeknights too. And and mm-hmm. like my experience my experiences was is that you know I I had the chance to to connect with various of the lot of the West Side musicians yep. and and get get to know and acquainted with all these guys and they got to know me and and the ladies too they the lady artists too they got they got they got mm-hmm. to know me and and what we did was it's basically just went basically through the West Side you know. Uh, establishing ourselves, performing our music, you know what I'm saying? Doing mm-hmm. music, doing music for doing music for the, for the community, because as I mm-hmm. express, music, music itself, it, it expresses expresses a story. It expresses the, the blues or the soul or the R&B, whatever you people, mm-hmm. however they want to characterize it, it. It basically talks. It tells a story about people and about life and, and conditions mm-hmm. of life. That's what it. That's what it does. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. That is that is really beautiful. Okay, and Bonnie, can you share you know some of your perspective? Yeah, from the outsider's perspective, what we, we've heard about is that Magic Sam and uh, Otis Rush and Otis Clay and Tyrone Davis, those are well-known names in blues and R&B, so they came from the West Side. And what mm-hmm. we also know from the history of studying the Great Migration was that the West Side was very uh, – pivotal in the second wave of the Great Migration from uh, of African Americans from the South to the North, and this happened after World War II. Uh, the earlier waves, there was a lot of action on the South side, but uh, the South side became overcrowded because there were restrictive covenants against black people living anywhere else, and they finally spilled over into the West side where there were factories and places to work. So a lot of people came directly from Mississippi, Arkansas, Alabama, Tennessee, uh, Louisiana, directly to the West Side. And they brought the the deepest, hard-hittingest Delta blues with them. And that's why the music on the West Side is so special. Mm -hmm. Yes, yes, yes. My parents came up here in 1957. You know, they started around the Maxwell Street area. And then they moved west into K Town, twenty first and Karloff. Mm, yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Yes. So we were not far from I'm sure you know Cicero Blake. I, I grew up with his daughter, Michelle. We went to Corkery together and that was, you know, kind of my first exposure. You know, I was like, Oh wow, I got a friend who made a record, you know, we were dancing wow. and music. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and and then my uncle US I don't know if you knew him. He was a jail guard at Cook County, and in his free time, if he had any free time, he would be promoting different acts. And for a minute, he promoted Denise LaSalle and Tyrone Davis. So it's, mm. uh, it's really interesting. So I, I love offline for us to just get together and you know hear more 
of your stories. Again, I know it's so much, and we can't do it all in an hour. So I know you guys, um, if you can, I'd love to have you back. Um, and, sure. and yeah. then my question, good. And, and my question to Bonnie is around the book. You know, mm. she helped you write the autobiography, Larry. The steps on of the blues, and you guys are now producing a feature film, The Rhythm and the Blues, and that was based on the real life family story, you know, your family story. And you're currently raising money to complete a short version of the film, and it's going to feature uh, Leon and yeah. all of your stepfather. So, can you let us know an update on that project? Well, the update is we we filmed two thirds of this, uh, and we Leon did star as as the father of Larry and all his wonderfully musically talented brothers and sisters. Um, and this was a long time ago when Larry was just a teenager. It was set in the '60s, and uh, some of the social movements going on around at the time. But basically, the part that we're filming is a short version, and it focuses around the family drama of the husband being gone, singing, playing, and the wife at home with the kids. Um, and mm-hmm. we do need about $20,000 to finish it. It is all very professionally produced. And uh, we can take donations because I'm hooked up with a fiscal sponsor that makes this a nonprofit tax-deductible operation. Um, okay. And if anybody okay. wants to know more about it, they can go to www.therhythmandtheblues.com. Now, once we get this short done, um, we plan to show this at film festivals and also for community groups and also for investor groups to hopefully get money to produce the entire story, which is a two-hour feature film uh, featuring scenes from Maxwell Street, from prison. Um, These are the sort of a part of life that a lot of people are familiar with and will relate to. Um, it's one way to tie in the music with the real life because of people from outside that happen to be white, like myself, um, we don't always appreciate that the blues came out of some very deep um, historical um, oppression that African-Americans have gone through and are still going through, which makes it even more relevant. But the fact that this beautiful music came out of all that ugliness is one of the miracles that I guess God gave uh, African-Americans to share with the world. Mm-hmm. That's great. Okay. I want to remind our listening audience that you're listening to Nonprofit You, and we're speaking with Barrel House Bonnie McEwen and bluesman Larry Taylor. We're talking about the potential to use the blues to drive heritage tourism on the west side of Chicago. We'll be taking questions from our listening audience and our chat room at about the 30-minute mark. The call-in number is 347-884-8121. Again, that number is 347-884-8121. We would love to hear your perspective. And if you go to my Facebook page and if you go to the chat room, you'll see that I already have a couple questions laid out for you. The first question is, what are some of your ideas to jumpstart heritage tourism on the west side of Chicago? So think about that a minute. And then, you know, the next question is, do you know of any examples 
where the blues have been used to drive economic development and tourism in any community. You know, it, it could be any community in Chicago, any community around the, uh, around the country or even another country. And then finally, think about, you know, what are some of the challenges that you can foresee with respect to using blues to drive tourism on Chicago's west side? Again, we'd love to think of all the positive things, but there may be challenges as well, and we'd love to hear some of those. So think about your answers. Post in the chat room or post on Facebook or call in. And if there are any other issues that you want to get out there, feel free to post those as well or call in. Okay, so now we're back to you, Larry. Typically, mm-hmm. we associate blues with the guitar. But here you are, you're a drummer, and you're leading the charge. Now, how is that? How, how, does, a, how does a drummer get to lead, lead a blues band? Well, actually, actually, when this when this music was developed, when the blues was developed, uh, the, the blues itself goes back even further than uh, slavery uh, in the South. It, it goes all the way back to Africa, okay. where where mm-hmm. it begins with the with the voice and the drum. And if you go back, if you go back and listen to the early times, the early uh, blues of the 20s and the 30s, which was known as ragtime, uh, there were no basically no guitars. There were basically like pianos and horns and trumpets and uh, bandanets and I mean ban- banjos and 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 and, and mandolins and stuff like that there. So. It, it it really didn't be it it really didn't become a factor about the about the guitar you know until until some until some years later and, and until okay. uh, until basically the post-war times of the of the fifties and then that's when mm-hmm. most of the blues guys they just used basically acoustic guitars with resonators on mm-hmm. it but then they learned to it became a part where they started making left guitars and amplifiers and stuff, and that's what they mean by the, the electrified sound of, of, of blues. But it basically all begins, starts with the voice, the voice and the grunts, because that's how, that's how we used to send uh, messages mm-hmm. in Africa, through, through, through our voice and drum. Oh, that's some through great stuff. I'm, I'm- I'm looking forward to y'all writing a book about this. This, this is some history yeah, that you know, I did, we're not I did careful. A video. Yeah, oh, I did okay, a video great. on YouTube. It's a video on YouTube where I explain all okay. that about the about the okay. voice and the and the and the, and the drums and, and other things pertaining to it. Yes. Okay. So um, you have you your can, own you uh, YouTube channel. He, yes. He's, it's off his site. You can go see it his website and connect to all these videos at www.LarryTaylorChicagoBlues.com. That's LarryTaylorChicagoBlues.com. Okay. Uh-huh. okay, awesome. Yeah, this, this is some history unfolding right before our eyes, and we, we need to, you know, make sure we honor it. And I, I thank you for sharing it. Okay. Thank you for having us. <laughs> Not a problem, not a problem. (laughs) 
So, so Bonnie, you and Larry, you, you just hosted a community conversation in Austin, and you were talking about heritage tourism and ways it can create economic development opportunities for Chicago's West Side. And in fact, when Larry was talking, he was talking about how blues, anyway, was basically kind of a story about the conditions, including economic conditions. So it's just so befitting that we'll talk about using blues for economic development. So can you tell us, you know, what happened in that conversation, who was there, what you all talked about, and what, you know, what you say your next steps are going to be? Um, uh, there was uh, several people that we had on the panel. Um, we were privileged to have two legislators, uh, Rep. LaShawn Ford and Rep. Camille Lilly from uh, the West Side and Oak Park and beyond. And uh, mm-hmm. they're both on committees in the legislature dealing with tourism and uh, cultural arts. So they were pretty excited about the idea. Um, we also had Dr. Janice Monti from um, Dominican University who's just retired from there. And she led uh, blues tours to the Delta, to, to Mississippi, and also had symposiums out there to talk about the history of Chicago blues when nobody else was doing it. So she felt very strongly that the blues needs to benefit not only downtown, but the communities that it came from. And she made that point very strongly. Um, We also Mm -hmm. had Carol Johnson from the Westside Historical Preservation Society talking about there are already efforts underway to study and preserve Westside history. And we, Mm -hmm. um, who else did we have? We had Larry and me and, um, if anybody else comes up, I'll, I'll think of them. But that's who, oh, and okay. oh, our hostess with a most little dire of Born Again Travel and Tours, who is a tourism, an, an agent, a travel agent, and has had her own business. And this is a, a, a very savvy African-American businesswoman, and she has a storefront on the west side. So she often gets people together and goes to places a long ways away, and um, she would also be willing to get people to come here. Awesome. Awesome, awesome, awesome. So did you talk about your next steps? I know you had another meeting or you're planning a follow-up meeting. The meeting is scheduled July 12th back at Crystal's Mm -hmm. Gone Again Travel and Tours, 5940 West Chicago, and everyone is welcome. It's a free community discussion, 6 to 8 p.m. It's a Wednesday evening, July 12th. And we, we all agree that the thing has, we've got to start organizing something, but there are many different ideas. And so we may not be ready to organize yet, but some people are focusing on different areas already, uh, saying that there's a building, here's a building in North Lawndale, and here's a building at Austin. So mm-hmm. what I would like to say once again is what I would like to see we do first is, is get the story out and have, um, a rebranding of the West Side, the entire West Correct. Side. Instead mm-hmm. of being known as Guns and Drugs, we want it to be known as Blues and Soul. Go ahead, Larry. <laughs> <laughs> and then it also yep. gives the children a chance to learn the to learn the history more about West Side, about the West Side, and about the culture and about about the music. Because most of the young people don't know much about the blues. They don't they don't realize that the the blues is the mother and father of all music that they listen to today, including their own music, which is 
uh, hip hop and rap. It all comes from the, mm-hmm. it all comes from the blues. See, but they just need they need to study. And we, what we like to do, we like for younger, more younger people to to get involved and to learn to learn the blues. So if they can learn the blues and learn soul and R and B and jazz and stuff like that, then they will be more culturally inclined to to do more to do more with the more with their music today, the upbeat music today, which is rap and mm-hmm. and. And 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 hip hop and 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 set it more so on a on a positive course instead of dirty lyrics and dirty rap because that is what is deteriorating the minds of our children today within the black community. Right. You can say that again. Uh, alrighty. Well, I just want to take a break to share a few announcements with our listening audience. Um, you know, as I mentioned before, I'm a consultant and nonprofit um, working on capacity building. So I'm going to be hosting free nonprofit capacity building workshops around the city of Chicago to help nonprofits better understand, you know, what it takes to build organizations that stand the test of time. And the next workshop will be on June 24th. That's a Saturday from 11 o'clock a.m. to 12:30 noon at Grace at Jerusalem CDC on the corner of 15th and Kenneth, and that's the Grace Memorial Church under um, the pastorship of Reverend Marvin Hunter. And you can register mm. at mm. ValerieFLeonard.com. So that might be something you guys might be interested in because it sounds like at some point you guys are going to have to kind of pull together an organization that will guide what you want to do you know, beyond the blues organization. And it, Correct. to me it doesn't make yeah, it doesn't make sense to, to mix your business with, with this. You know, you want to keep them separate. And then, you know, another thing I'm working on is um helping organizations to get their paperwork in place for filing. You know, I found that over forty percent of Chicago organizations have lost their tax exempt status between 2010 and now. So I'm going to be hosting a 30-day compliance challenge, and that's a series of webinars to show nonprofits how to maintain their tax-exempt status, and if they lose it, you know, help them know what to do to get it back. So the goal is to work with organizations to bring them current on all their paperwork within 30 days of completing that series. And... You can register there at ValerieFLeonard.com as well, right there on the front page. So those are my little commercials, and I can get back mm-hmm. to why we're here in the first place, which is <laughs> to talk about <laughs> yeah, to talk about arts, culture, and blues, and how that can build up tourism on West Side. And what I like yeah, about right. tourism is, yeah, tourism does not require uh, rocket science, you know, people like to look at us and say, okay, well, we're not educated, um, but you don't have to have a high level of education to in, to participate in some, right? And and you don't have to have a high level of education to make money from it, you know? You, you know, there's money from owning the restaurants, um, entertainment, um, convention mm-hmm. centers, and, and all that good stuff. So um, with that said, you know, when I did my research, 
I found that Americans for Arts and Culture, you know, they have at least five models that they can use to create arts districts. Some of those districts are downtown, but two models that I thought might have been good um, for what you guys are doing, you know, they have the cultural production-focused districts, and those are mainly community centers, artist studios, and educational art centers and media facilities, and they can often exist in areas with affordable housing, commercial space, and I also thought about schools. So, so these districts create a cultural hub, and they enhance city livability for residents of a neighborhood rather than um, just attracting tourists. Because you know, sometimes when you just attract tourists, you know, that's a recipe for gentrification as well. Right, I, I right. Okay, so the people we've got to attract first are people who live in the communities, right? So they can take an ownership. Mm-hmm. And then the second one that I thought you all might be interested in was the arts and entertainment-focused districts. And those include more popular culture and commercial attractions, and they include modest-sized buildings with a bohemian feel. So so that goes right along with you know, historic preservation. You're not... You know, as Bonnie was saying before, you're not trying to create something new and sterile, little boxes for people to perform this great music in. And this includes small theaters, movie houses, private galleries, restaurants, and other entertainment venues. So I'm I'm sorry to take away so much time, but I, I just wanted to share that with you. And then I, I wanted to know if you guys are thinking about using either of these models to start, you know, developing the tourism, you know, on the west side. Well, first of all, I've just learned about them because of your show, Valerie, and I think this is great. I think we all need to know more about this kind of stuff. And I I do want to bring up one uh, model, and that is uh, Memphis, because Memphis has a big downtown emphasis, but it also has developed uh, in the neighborhood the Stax Museum. And this is definitely in the hood, and it has started attracting tourism and other businesses. So I think that's a really good thing to think about that you can do both. You can have this, if if the folks downtown succeed in building a blues museum, wonderful, because it'll help Chicago's reputation as being the blues capital to be highlighted internationally. Well, once people get mm-hmm. here, a lot of times they'll say, well, where's the real blues? We know downtown is the real blues. <laughs> the real blues is in a hole in the wall. So um, <laughs> but I think it's also, it's also kind of bringing it out of the hole in the wall, too. So if, if you can find a way to do, like, a, have a big theater so that people can come and see this in a big way in the, in the website, mm-hmm. and also... It, it uh, encourages the little holes in the wall. Don't don't discourage them. Sometimes cities can have licensing policies that discourage live performance in in little lounges. But that is the the exact place where the blues happens. And a lot of people like that feeling of being really close to the artist. And they'll make jokes about people they know. And it's a neighborhood kind of music. But people from out from outside the neighborhood, they're so starved for feeling neighborly that they really they join in that's what they want mm-hmm. that's right and and on that note you know 
Larry, I'm going to ask you one of the same questions that I asked the audience to think about. You know, um, what are some of your ideas to jumpstart heritage tourism on the west side using the well, well, some, and, well, some of my some of my uh, some of my thoughts would be is is to like basically have uh, some type of site uh, uh, on the west side. Uh, when I say west side, I'm including all the west side, Nondale, Garfield, Austin, uh, to have some type of place of building where come and see the great history uh, of, of mm-hmm. the west side because, uh, you know, for what we and I found out about doing research is that the, there are, there is no historical uh, archives that was telling us about the history of the west side. You couldn't find mm-hmm. that any, none. So wow. I, I think wow. that's, that's a big thing. That's a big thing that needs to also be a part. So when tourist people come here, they can they can know about various things about the history and the and the, and the type of, and the type of African American people that that lived in these communities. What did they do? What was their profession? What what you know? What 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 did they do? Uh, you know, and and mm-hmm. you know, to bring about change, bring about a lot of change. It's, it's, there are so many West Side people, and, I, and not and not only just business people, but music artists that that a lot of people. Or whether something today don't even know. They don't. They don't even know. Mm-hmm. I didn't even know. They just didn't even know that they even lived in, lived in Blondell. And that's that's quite that's quite a shame, you know, because when you you live you live in the community and it's you know, very little people know. Unless unless there are people, unless there are mm-hmm. people who know you, know you are you are a musician and you right. do this stuff and they know you. But you know, I'm, I mean that I think it, it should be more open. It should people should have the mm-hmm. chance to to to, to know because there's a lot of great, a lot of great musicians, man, come from mm-hmm. from off this from off this west. You understand? A yeah. lot of them. And and unfortunately, a lot of them when they leave the west side, they don't want anybody to know. Um, that they were from the West Side. I, I understand that the folks from Earth, Wind, and Fire—they're they're not blue, but I, but it yes, all comes from yes. there. But yes, I understand yes, that Mr. some T, of them, Mr. once T. they got famous, yes, 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 and you know, and and, and, and but it's a shame that what I'm saying is that when when they rose up and and left the black community, that. That didn't know history re- too much remain didn't know history remain behind up there. Right. You know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? <laughs> well, you, yeah. you know how that works. So, you know. Yeah. So, yeah. So, so that puts a lot of pressure on you and Bonnie. You know, you all know these people. You know the stories, and you know I will admit I I don't know all the stories. Um, yeah. Well, I but know, somebody I know. yeah somebody has to write them down. Well, yeah, maybe no. we can get some kind of a grant to do some sort of a, uh, an encyclopedia of website blues and soul and R and We probably need to do that sooner mm-hmm. rather than later. Yeah, and maybe we'll we can talk about that offline. Right, yeah. and another good thing would be to do go back and look at look at look at some of these old look at some of the old newspapers that 
that shared uh, some of the history of the West Side. We did a lot of mm-hmm. lot of stuff on some of the some of the old papers, like the Defender, Chicago Sun Times, Tribune, mm-hmm. and there were other papers, other papers too that was established. Uh, community papers out there that were established at that time. Because, they, 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 you know, in their archives, they hold a lot of history, a whole lot of history. Mm-hmm. And that, that history needs to be brought out from then and brought up to date to what's going on now. Right, right. That, that is so uh, true. By the way, uh, I I need to have a commercial here. Um First of all, we want to uh-huh. thank uh, – there are some people on the West Side that are very aware of this and have been promoting it, and one of them is Ike Carruthers and uh, the Arts Alliance from the Austin okay. area, and they had Correct. Larry's band to play last year in September at the um, Columbus Park Refectory for the West Side Blues Fest. So we want to shout out Ike because he, he's definitely a great saxophone player as well. And this year on August 25th, Harold Sandifer at the Chicago Westside Community Music Center is having a series of to honor African-American music in different fields, jazz, R&B, Broadway, and blues. And we're oh, going to have wow. four concerts. We're going to be playing, Larry's band is playing on August 25th at the Columbus Park Refectory, Friday night from 7 and 9. So we want to shout out Howard Sanford because he's responsible for educating a lot of kids on how to play music. And I think this whole thing needs to expand exponentially. And I'd like to see programs on on how to write your own blues tune and how to learn to play instruments in every single after-school program and in every single school on the west and south side and all over the city. Mm-hmm. It'll benefit everyone. And I'd be paying yes, tribute right. to the I'd be and I would be paying tribute to the great to the great Magic Sam Howell and Wolf and others from the, wow. from the west side. Because the reason why they I guess why they selected me is because it, nobody I know the history more better practically than anybody you know of. of Particularly right. of, of my of my age group, you know, because I am the mm-hmm. I am that second I am that second generation of uh, blues people from from Muddy and my my father and Jimmy Reed and all wow. that. Yes, yes, wow. yes, yes, yes. And I and I'm also one of the one of the persons who helped start this start this new generation of. Uh, New generation of Chicago blues too. So a lot of the young people that's out here playing blues music and soul music, R&B music today, you know, they got me, 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 and some more black brothers to thank for that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's yes, great. Do. And you know what? I want to remind our listening audience that you're more than welcome to call in and share some of your experiences um, to. Make some suggestions. The call-in number is 347-884-8121. Again, that number is 347-884-8121. We are very, very fortunate to be talking with Daryl House Bonnie McEwen and bluesman Larry Taylor, talking about the potential for using heritage tourism and the blues to drive tourism Thank you. Tourism and most importantly, economic development and preserving the culture on the West Side. So I guess this is a question for Bonnie and Larry. You can chime in too. 
can you share any examples, and, and I know you touched on it um, in Memphis, where the blues have been used to drive economic development and tourism in the community? Well, Mississippi, Mississippi, there's just no doubt that they have seized on the blues as an economic engine. And the, the city of Clarksdale, particularly, they've designated a whole lot of historic sites, and they have more than we do at this point. However, that doesn't keep us from seizing upon what we do have, but they do have a lot of these old places, an old barbershop, a few old juke joints, and and they, you know, a lot of people have set up crafts and, and things, but the thing that is a little bit troubling is that we're not sure if the black businesses are benefiting from this or not. Mm-hmm. And um, mm-hmm. so I think you have to specifically uh, have that as a goal when you do these kind of things from the beginning. Right, right, right. And then did you want to chime in, Larry? Did, did you have anything you want to add? Well, uh, well, the only thing, only thing I want, I want to say is, is that, and you know, at one point Chicago was known for being the, for being the capital of the blues, and I mean that that basically can, um, that can come back, that can be done, done <clears throat> again. You know what, what it is is that the. Um, the, the black community, you know, has been left out a lot of a lot of left out a lot of things. So things need to right. come forward, so we'll be able to um, to do our thing a little bit more, and people can recognize and appreciate what we are doing. You know, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes, 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 and it start it starts with us. We we have to support our own. First, right? Yes, it, I, I yes, it does. Some, yes, it, it does. It starts with us, and, we, and then other we start with us, and once we do it, then 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 other people will then they'll come aboard too. They ride that train. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But you know what? I'm, I'm feeling something different when I listen to you and Bonnie talk. You, you know, you're really you you're treating this like community organizers. You're not just hitting it and quitting it, have one meeting and you're done. You know, you're going mm-hmm. talking to different people, getting the community involved and you're getting outside of your comfort zone. You know, well, I'm talking, talking from my heart. I'm talking mm-hmm. from my heart. I'm talking from my heart and from the the things that I have experienced here on the west side in, in Chicago, you know, I experienced so much and have been through so much. People just can't mm-hmm. even begin to to imagine, you know. So, mm-hmm. so when I when I say stuff, I say it with all sincerity from my heart and with all truthfulness because I I mm-hmm. I, I ain't just a person just speaking on it. I have. I have right. actually lived it and been through it, and I know. Yes. Right. Yeah. So, and my so answer, on that there's note, no comfort mm-hmm. zone. There's no comfort zone. <laughs> I think we're all very uncomfortable right now, and the blues well, are for people right. who are uncomfortable and imperfect. Mhm. I love it. I, I love that we're all uncomfortable. But you know what? Our, our biggest growth comes out of being uncomfortable. Because mm-hmm. if we were comfortable, we wouldn't be having this conversation. Quite right. frankly, so, so 
So this is a, a great opportunity, and um, again, we'll, we could talk about this off offline. But you know, it's a lot of potential for this. You know, and it, it's going to take more than music. You know, it's going to be music. It's going to be business planning, be economic Education. development. It's going to take a lot. Planning. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, but but you all are up to it. You know, you're up to it. See, in order to rebrand the West Side particularly a lot of the people who don't know and, and definitely a lot of the young people are going to have to be re-educated. You know, they're going to have to go mm-hmm. through, as I would say, an educational transformation or edu- or mm-hmm. spiritual education transformation. They have, they have to go through, you know, in order to really understand what it is that they are trying to know about their own culture and history. And the main thing I, I try to tell them is that do, don't be afraid, don't be ashamed, because this is this is us. This is part of our history. I say, I say you got to realize that this music and what we did made made this country very, very, very wealthy. It was it was the first art form that was discovered in America. Yes, the blues. Mm. Yeah, and and the blues, what gospel came out of the blues, didn't it? Am, am I right the about that? Gospel came or? out of blues. That's right. That's right. All of it came out of all of it came out of the blues. Gospel came out of the blues. Jazz came out of the blues. There's no separate categories. And 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 mm-hmm. the, the, the problem is today is they try to use separation. We're saying, well, this is blues, this is soul, this is R&B. But guess what? It, it all comes, whether it's, whether it's soul or R.B., gospel, jazz, whatever it is, it all comes from the blues, and it's all, it's connected. It's all connected. Mm-hmm. It's, known, it's called, known as, it's called urban black music. And I characterize it like that because that's what it is. If you go from, mm-hmm. you go from black neighborhood to black neighborhood, and you go somewhere and you listen to the music, you will see the similarities there. Are, it's, it's, there's a connection there. Mm-hmm. There's a connection there. You can go through, clean out this city, whether it's west side, south side, and listen to the music where black people are being there and they are performing this music, and you will see there is a big, there's a big connection there. It's urban mm-hmm. black music. That's what it is. Yes, yes, yes. Now, I guess we talked about the positives. You know, I you know I see a lot of potential, but with everything, there's good and bad. And if we're not careful, some negative can come about. Uh, what are some of the things that you see could happen? You know, that might not be so good if if you start this. You know, what are some of the challenges? Well, Bunny, you want to you want to answer that, Bunny? Yeah, I think you, the danger is from going from one extreme to to another. Right now, we have guns and drugs, and then that's that's D and G. Okay, then we go to the big G, which is gentrification, and that because what I saw at Maxwell Street was that they let that neighborhood run down, and the city policies let it run down. They had porno shops. They didn't pick up the garbage. They drove all the businesses out of business. And then suddenly they wiped it out, and then you have these new stores. And notice the stores there haven't thrived because they've destroyed the character of the neighborhood. They put a few statues Mm -hmm. up to mark where it had been. 
That is, it's still a tragedy, what happened to Maxwell Street. One of the reasons I came to this town was to try to help in the effort, the protests against tearing down Maxwell Street, the main stores that were, uh, that were there since the, before the Chicago fire. And what was the point of destroying such a thing? So hopefully mm-hmm. we might learn from that experience and look for a few things to preserve and a few things to add that are in character um, and do it mm-hmm. kind of slow. Don't do it too fast. And it absolutely involved the community. And I think that's what you were trying to do when you organized, Valerie, the North Lawndale CCC community, whatever that, the long letters. That yes, meant North Lawndale Community Coordinating Council. Right. And it meant yeah. to me with citizens, citizens, citizens. Those three C's to me stood for citizen involvement. And all the way through, you know, and I think if we maybe start with, getting the history out, we can get a lot of people to participate in that, and then maybe that would carry over into the idea of, well, what are mm-hmm. we going to do with all this history? What are, what are right. we going to do with all these talented musicians and these educators and the need for all this, and how are we going to put it together in a way that benefits the community and appeals to people from the outside to bring their money here? And the good thing about right. tourism, if you do it right, is that it doesn't require a whole lot of development that, that uh, demands a lot of infrastructure to support it. I mean, you've already got the city there. It's already there. So it's basically filling in. The infrastructure is already there. So what, it, what is the harm in bringing money there? People come in and visit, and then they leave. And then the, the community stays the same. <laughs> right. It may stay the same or it may be I mean, totally just, different. Yeah, but... Right, the same. It should be the same in terms of that everybody's welcome and that there's a strong African-American mm-hmm. cultural influence and that there's affordable housing. Right. Yeah, that, that's why I think Larry made the point of making sure that you reach out to the people in the community first. You know, get them to that's know right. the history and appreciate that's right. it. That's yeah. right. That's right. Because see, see that see that was a lot of a lot of wealthy wealthy black people uh, who were on the west side. Wealthy, seeing some real rich people, and where they do capitalize and called it middle class. And a lot of those people left due to the to the to the situations of the west side with the crime and and it just ran down the neighborhoods. And a lot of people left. But guess what, though. A lot of those people now are coming back. There, a lot of them coming back. But it's kind of like slow. It's kind of like on the down low. You know what I'm saying? It's like mm-hmm. it's just like yeah. somebody. It's just like somebody. They left left town and now they they tripping back into town and they they really <laughs> not really don't want people to know really what's going on with what they're doing. But but this is what but this is what has been taking place. Yeah, because it, it, a lot of this right now is like happening over in Garfield, particularly like with the housing yeah. and development and, and, and stuff and over there, you know, because there's a lot of wealthy black people and other other indigenous people also have a lot to do with the uh, development of housing. And this is one of the biggest problems that plagues our community is 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 housing. It's housing. You know, I look at yeah. I look at Londale. I look at Londale. I look at Austin. Okay. Uh Londale's coming back slowly. Austin Austin is like the holding line. The holding line. But 
Godfield, I can tell you right now, over around in a certain areas around Godfield, around Pulaski and Pulaski, around that way, Pulaski and Jackson, up through that way, because I be over that way all the time. The people have nothing. That's nothing for the people. They mm-hmm. have nothing. Wow. You know what I'm saying? They have nothing. Yeah. So, but but Austin, Austin over here, this is this is the last this is the last stronghold for his uh, for his, the West Side. If 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 he mm-hmm. lose the stronghold, lose the stronghold of of Austin, within then it, you lose Austin, then it's going to be pretty much real hard to mm-hmm. bring back Lundell and Garfield. Yeah. Mhm. Yes. Mm, you raised some really, some really. You know, we're about to wrap up, and I guess the last question is, you know, what are some of the lessons that you're learning? You know, I think you and Bonnie kind of started both talking about some of the lessons that you're learning along the way as you do this work, and it sounds to me like it's, it's bigger than just blues. It's bigger than just coolism. You know, listening to your heart. Yeah, it's Big Barney. You want to answer that, honey? I guess uh, God is always trying to teach me patience, and this is certainly no. <laughs> <laughs> I'll leave it at that. <laughs> oh, I, I have a feeling I know from when she speaks without even speaking to Barney. <laughs> <laughs> Let me stop. Uh, that's another offline conversation. <laughs> yeah, I tell her. I tell her that she have to have patience. I told her. I tell her all the time. You gotta have patience, and you, and you gotta put your whole heart, and mind, solely, and let God lead you to where you need to go. Mm. I say because if you let Him guide you, you can't go wrong. You know what I'm saying? And that's what I. And that's yeah. what I tell her. Now, gradually, now she's beginning to get it, and she's beginning to see it. I tell her, don't worry about. Don't worry so much about. So many things. I say, I say, your your life, your life, and everything that you obtain is in God's hands, and He knows better. And I tell her that all the time, and she sees a lot of times when I tell her this stuff. It has, it has worked for me on a lot of occasions. I have told her so many things, and it, and she'll tell you it, it came it came out to be true. It came to pass. Mm-hmm. It came to true. You know. Yeah. Because you know you you got you got to have it you got to have that spiritual foundation there that is the thing that is the thing mm-hmm. that keeps us thriving and grinding every day every time we, every time you think something don't knock us down guess what we get right back up because it's mm-hmm. hard it's hard it's hard to keep a person down who. Who God has put His intervention into it and and is leading and put them in charge to do something. Mm-hmm. You know that's 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 kind of a tough fight for you know. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yes. Oh, that's beautiful. I, I'm, I'm glad you were on the show because if nobody else heard that part, I did. <laughs> <laughs> you know? So I, I thank you. I, I've learned so much, and you know we're about to close and. Before we do, we have about 30 seconds. Um, do you guys want to share some closing remarks and you know, let folks know how they can get in touch with you and all that good stuff? And, and I know you will be coming back on again. Okay. Oh, good. Yeah, well, and the 12th of July, that follow-up meeting, uh, please come in. If you're interested in this subject at all, 
get it on the ground floor. Come and, come to our community discussion at Crystal Dyer's mm-hmm. Travel Shop called Gone Again Travel and Tours, 5940 West Chicago, July 12th, 6 to 8 p.m. Please come. Okay, yes, awesome. And, and, if, and if, me, if anybody wants to reach me or do anything, www.LarryTaylorChicagoBlues.com or you can reach me at www.LarryTaylorChicagoBlues.com. That's my email address and stuff. They can reach me, you know, and stuff on Facebook. Yeah, there's a contact form on the website so they can get through to him by email there. Yes. Okay. Yeah, you can also awesome. reach me through. You can reach me through Bonnie's link to to her website too. Yeah. Barrelhousebonnie.com. dot okay. com. Yes. So I, you know, okay. I, Valerie, I really enjoyed you. You know, you you having me on the show, and I'm I was I'm very honored that you 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 were able to have me on the show, and I'm I'm looking forward. You know, very pretty soon when you're ready. You know to have me back, you know, because, you know, yeah. I feel what we are talking about is is so is so important for for us and for the community. And I and I thank you. I thank you for this for the period, for the opportunity for this forum. I thank you. I truly thank you from my heart. And and thank you. Thank you, thank you. And thank you, Bonnie. So Thanks. I really said, appreciate it. <laughs> Yeah, we definitely have to have an on, you know, offline conversation. I had a lot of ideas as you guys were talking, and and we will definitely you know give people updates from time to time. This is important work. So, yes. all righty. So with that, with that said, we we gotta go now. And I thank okay. everyone for listening. Yeah, thank everyone for listening to Nonprofit U. I hope you can join us next week. We will have another information tech episode. So you guys take care. All right, bye bye. Thanks, Valerie. Bye. Bye bye. Thank you. Bye bye.